0: From the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the G and Ursula Show with G.
1: Scott and Ursula Voightine.
2: Good morning, everybody, and thank you for listening to the G and Ursula Show. Angela is here, Angela Poe Russell, that is, to
1: fill in for Ursula. Good morning, Angela. Good morning. I have a question for you. Okay. I have noticed that normally during the show you sit, but there was a time Earlier this morning, when you actually stood up and you put your hands on your hips, yeah. what does that mean when you decide to stand in? Okay. Is it lecture mode? Is that. Oh, you
2: want to know what that was? Yeah. I had to use the bathroom.
1: Wow, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I was thinking because I am wanting to go to the depths of my soul and yeah. share. No, okay. Yeah. All right.
2: And, Just... and, and, and I don't know if you noticed, but I had kind of walked that way. And I kind of walked back, and I was going from side to side. So, I mean, you asked it, just go roll the
0: tape, Y'all and you can see
2: me. You, Nick, did, did she not ask? <laughs> yeah,
1: I <laughs> did ask.
0: We My got mistake. the receipts there. My mistake. Okay, sorry. Uh,
2: at at eleven thirty. Former Seahawks and Super Bowl champion Brandon Mebane is going to join the show. We're going to hear from the anchor of that incredible defense all those years. But right now, oh, so I can't wait. Chef has some points he wants to make want on Agree to Disagree. Brought to you by Garden Roofing and Gutters. One of these days, we just got to take off the gloves. Just really go at it.
0: Legendary former Seahawks coach Pete Carroll, and boy, it hurts to say that, only had three rules for players on his team. And I, I want to debate the merits of each. Uh, we could have done that with Jermaine Curse earlier but he clearly forgot what these three rules were. So I'll go ahead and start with the first one. Uh, be early. It's all about being organized and showing respect. G. Scott, what say you? Agree? Disagree? Uh, uh, agree. It is all about being organized and showing respect.
2: Being early. So, mm-hmm. Chef, if I say, hey, bro, let's yeah. meet at the local Starbucks at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I show up at 10.07 and say, Oh, sorry. Ah, traffic. But if I, if you said to me, Gee, meet me at ten AM, I will have a fifteen thousand dollar check for you. What time do you think I'll get there? You think I'll get there at ten oh seven or nine forty five? Right? So it's all about respect. Be early, Angela.
1: Okay, so sometimes on Agree to Disagree, we'll just argue another side. And while I agree with the premise of Be Early, can I just share that some people have time blindness? Like, it's a real thing. I mean, those suffering from ADHD and other executive function conditions. No, you really, like, I really do have time blindness. No, Now, wait, let me finish. I have had to learn how to navigate around it. So if I have to be somewhere, let's say at 2 o'clock, I will tell myself the arrival time is one thirty, and then I get there at one forty-five. It's like I have I have had to do this my entire career because I'll I'll and and it really isn't a disrespect or selfish. I'm thinking I'm planning the day. I'm like okay, do this. It's like you underestimate the time it takes to do things, and it's a real. I wish you all. Y'all should turn on the camera because G. We need a close up because G no, is looking was, at me now. I, no, I was. Does anyone else have? It's a real chef. Help you know, me out. It close. is a real diagnosable. Yeah. Time
2: blindness. <laughs> like in, in, in all In all fairness to you and to anyone, I, no, As you were saying that, I was actually trying to be more understanding, and I went to military school starting in sixth grade.
1: Oh, okay.
2: You know what I mean. I don't know anything else different every day that I do. Now, I tell you guys, I'm not prepared. I tell you guys, I don't do all these things. There's nothing that I do during the week that's not planned. Every single thing I do is planned.
1: Hmm. I'm the opposite. Like, I love freestyling, and it drives my husband nuts But I also think the beauty of when you have, um, let's say you're neurodiverse, is that the word, is that I'm highly adaptable. So when plans change, doesn't bother me one bit.
0: Okay, for the rest of us uh, who do not suffer from time blindness, Gee Scott, (laughs) do you know what being on time means? Being on time Okay. doesn't mean being early. Like, I'm sorry, but uh, there's no reason for me to show up five minutes early, 10 minutes early for everything. That doesn't show you respect. That shows, like, I, I'm an extremely anxious person, and I have to do everything 110%. Am I annoyed if someone shows up 10-15 minutes late, say, for a meeting? Yes. If someone shows up five minutes late late for a meeting, do I care? Not at all. If they show up five minutes early, in fact, I'm probably more annoyed than if they showed up five (laughs) minutes late. Being on time is being on time. Being early is not. Can you guys help
2: me with something since we're talking about this? If my wife and I are going somewhere on a Saturday Uh. and she asks me early in the morning because she knows I'm a very punctual person on time. Hey, babe, we're going to this. We have to be there at 6 o'clock. What time do you want to leave? I will say in my mind, oh, okay, you have to be there at 6 o'clock? Huh. I want to leave by 5 o'clock. Wow. Right?
1: See, I would never, like, what? Well, it's just let's just, <laughs> okay. say,
2: let's just say it's 30 minutes away. Okay. I want to leave by 5 o'clock. Yep. Right? Era, all that kind of stuff. So if I want to leave by 5 o'clock and I am walking down the stairs at 4.58, to go get in the car, and I open up the garage, and you don't come downstairs until 5.07, I don't understand if we've had all day, you've had eight hours to come down at 5.07. How? If the surgery in a hospital is to start at 3 o'clock, but the surgeon doesn't show up till 3.08, and the loved ones are in the waiting room and they're like, "Hey, what's going on?" "Sorry, the surgeon was late because there was traffic."
0: That's a terrible example because uh surgeries get delayed all the time. Uh and just defend to defend people like your your wife or myself Things get busy, man. Like stuff takes longer than you anticipate. It's Plus, busy for us too. I yeah, know. Plus busy G, for us too you want to leave exactly at five o'clock because you're such an anxious person. It's gonna, it's gonna freak me out if we don't leave exactly at five. You're planning to be at an event. You have to be at at six. That's a half an hour away, and you're saying we have to leave a half an hour early. In my brain, if I am married to you, I'm like that is a ridiculous time frame. Why do we need to be there half an hour early? It's, We're gonna get there half an hour. No, I, it, I'm not coming down exactly in 5 on the dot. I get there
2: exactly. You know you're driving, you're rolling, you still got enough time. And then you know what? There's the, oh, there's a coffee place. That's right about where we need to go. Oh, we still got 30 minutes. Hey, let's stop off and get coffee. I, I want to get coffee. The anxiety, <laughs> the anxiety behind. And then all you folks that if your plane leaves at five o'clock and then because you don't check a bag, you show up to the airport at 415 and then you have the audacity to be mad that there is a line to get through TSA. Oh, that's I don't me.
1: understand. Listen, you know what? I And I. It's so interesting because I wholeheartedly agree with you, right? But there's so much I don't understand about ADHD and ADD. Like, I, all I can tell you is it's real. And I watch my older daughter, like, hitting her head against the wall. And it just, I wish I understood it. I just know that it is but i agree so that's so what i've tried to tell my daughter what i've done for myself is i just tricked myself I do, i've learned all these tricks and another thing if you all are listening you have adhd a good thing is getting a um, and time timer. Yes, like a timer. And instead of using, um, let's say, a digital clock, using one. What do you? Analog. Str- thank you. Analog clock. It helps you see the time visualize better. It, yes. You can uh, visualize yeah. the time. Be- it's before, really helpful. Before
2: you move on, I, I didn't I didn't know I was going to get worked up about this time. <laughs> we were on the
1: first topic, but we did to our I, next I, one. But,
2: but I, I just want to say this to my young brothers and sisters that listen to the show, because I know some of you guys are already stuck in your ways. But for those that are always been like, oh, I read this book. Book on the keys to success. And what are the what's the magic thing you gotta do? What do you have to do to be successful? Hear me out for a second. If you can just be on time, do what you say. If you can do those two things, you are 60% there. The other 40%, you gotta figure that out, but you are 60% there if you can be on time. And do what you say, because then the people that are deciding to trust you or hire you are saying, "I can depend on that person." Oh yeah. So for everybody's like, G doesn't have talent. I agree with you. I actually don't have talent to do this stuff. But the one thing my bosses who don't they barely like me in the first place, they know we can count on G to be there.
1: Every morning we have a meeting at seven o'clock and it's never seven oh five. I'm wishing it's No, it's usually seven oh two
0: and I know it, call it bothers me. G every day. And I get secret sick delight when I call you at seven oh two AM in the morning, G, knowing that he's like asking ask, what, ask what is Chef gonna call me. Ask Paul and David Burbank because they
2: are to call me every morning to talk about what we want to talk about on their morning show with Dave and Colleen. They have to call me at six fifty seven. Yeah, if they That's call say, okay. me at six fifty nine, I'm frustrated because you didn't give me enough time because my production meetings get ready to start. You guys are just look. I'm just. Can we play are,
1: the weird music? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, G. Uh, let's work on the other forty percent to succeed. Second of Pete Carroll's rules is protect the team. Are you helping? or hurting the team every decision has an impact. So G, I mean let's just let's just apply this like to, broadly speaking to workplaces. Would you agree with that? Protect the team. Absolutely. Yeah. 1000%.
2: Okay. I tell I get on the air and I tell you, "Hey, my frustration with the bosses and I say all those things." Mm-hmm. Go ahead and tell me anything that I've ever said. What have I ever said? This past season what we saw with the Seattle Seahawks. To protect the team. We saw examples of not protecting the team. Yes, we did. Right? Yeah. And, and we saw plenty of examples of that. I don't care. When it comes to family, protect the team. Quit telling your family business to everybody. Right? Why are you... Ch- oh, let me just tell you what's going on with my uncle. Yeah, he did this and then his wife is this and all this kind of stuff. Hey,
1: protect the team. Angela? Wow. No, I absolutely agree with that one. And I... It's just hard to keep trust. And I think you need trust to be successful, I think, Mm -hmm. in the long run. And if you don't have trust, yeah, it's hard to do so. And part of trust is knowing that I can count on you, that you're going to protect me. So if someone, for example, like they texted in earlier and they were like, gee, they were complaining about something you said. Mm -hmm. And I said... I'm I'm going to defend you because we're on the same team. Like we are on the same team. So I'm not going to throw you under the bus. I haven't always been great at that. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a conscious decision that you have to make all the time, every day, because, you know, stuff gets hard. You get frustrated with people on your team. You get really frustrated with people on your team. You get frustrated with your, your coworkers, your family, and you just want to be able to vent. So it it is a conscious effort to actually say you know what I'm going to try to protect them to
0: I mostly you know. mostly agree with this but I also think it comes from the same mentality in the workplace that this is all a family and it's the workplace first and think about your coworkers and the team before anyone else when in the reality your team will drop you in a second Mm. and they do not care about you at all and your contract is about to be done today sir because you didn't come on man as soon as your utility is up with your company or with your team you're gone protect the team no protect the people on your team that can advance your career that can help you that have your back day (laughs) in In day out that you, know, they, that you know will advocate for you once you leave that company, that are going to be an asset to you, and you know you can help them out in the future. Treat people well, treat them with respect, but also understand the relationship that you have with your employer. Okay, you want to move on to number three? No whining. Awesome. Sure. No whining, no complaining, no excuses. Positive attracts positive, according to Pete Carroll. Negative attracts negative. What say you? I, okay. do,
2: I agree with that as well. Look, let's go back to I believe that September, October, and November of 2023, I believe that my negativity— not just impacted myself, but I think it impacted others. And I'm trying to go on and go on and go on. I've been open with you all about this. And the reason it was bad is because negative energy brings about negative energy for everyone. So people can say, oh, gee, are you trying to say that you can't have a bad day? No, that's not what I'm trying to say. But I'm saying for people like me, the personality, the type of personality that I have If I bring negative energy, it is known and it is contagious, right? So now I think that positive energy... Brings about more positive energy. So I agree with this one as well. Mm.
1: It says a lot about you're a leader. You impact people, you know, for better or for worse. Right. So that's a beautiful thing. You know, it's interesting. I was just having this conversation with a relative. I won't say who it was because mm. I'm going to protect the team.
0: <laughs> uh, but this,
1: this relative is dealing with a lot. I mean, dealing with a lot. And so there's there's balance between sharing the problems, sharing what's going on. I want this person to be able to come to me mm-hmm. and share what they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. But there's a fine line. Mm-hmm. And when it becomes a point, if you have something going on in your life, and every time you approach another person, you're complaining, I think it can become a little selfish. Yeah. It can become a little selfish. It's, it's like, mind, be mindful of the energy you bring to the room and and be aware of, is this something I'm sharing to get support or am I just wanting to dump because I'm just miserable in life? So I would just say to any what what, what I try to hold to myself around my husband, especially there have been times when things have been bad at work and I'm constantly complaining and I have to step back and say, OK how much space can I take up in this one evening? You know what I mean? Yes. Like, seriously. Yes. It's like being, but let, let's think about how that makes the other person feel. So yes, feel free to share your concerns, be open with your partner or your other, whoever it is, but also, you know, find a balance because too much is too much.
0: Okay, on no com- no whining or complaining. First of all, uh, complaining is, is part of the human condition. Commiserating with a coworker about, an awful situation at the office, like talking to your partner about something terrible that's going on in your life. When it when it moves into like legit over and over whining, sure. But this is also part of how we bond as human beings is to share the difficulties and issues that we face. And on excuses, I have a real big problem with this because no excuses. Like I used to get this a lot from from coaches in high school, from teachers growing up. No excuses. No excuses in this classroom and you're like hey I, i'm i'm sorry i was late with this thing like my brother's in the hospital right now and they're like no excuses hey i broke my ankle no excuses i think this is a crutch that a lot of people in leadership use to ignore the very real problems of the people that work for them face no excuses i think no excuses often means no empathy and i know that was not the case with Pete Carroll But there is a difference between an excuse and an explanation for a situation.
1: I agree. But I think that the scenarios you mentioned are probably 10% of the cases. Oh, it's probably
0: more than one.
1: I think 90%. Maybe 2%. Are are BS excuses. Yeah. And I think when you don't give yourself the excuse or the explanation, it actually makes you better. Let
0: me ask you something. If I'm 10, 10 minutes late for work, G, what do you want? Hey, sorry, Late. Or do you want to do you want to hear? Hey, I'm sorry, car broke down.
1: Yeah, which one?
0: Sorry, late. Okay. You
2: no, know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this time to <laughs> say something that my father used to say all the time, and he used to annoy me. But I'll say it now, and it sounds it feels good. Champ, that crying falls on deaf ears. Don't nobody care. Nobody cares about your excuse. Like I know you think they care, but they really don't. So when they say no excuses, again, I, I love to have this discussion to our my youngsters out there that listen to uh-huh. the show. Nobody cares about your excuse. Yeah. They might they might be like, oh really? Oh this had to happen? Oh then their mind they're just like, but did you get it done? But did you get it done? And and if you didn't get it done,
0: when is it going to get done? This also came from an era in which American men were raised with the emotional range of an avocado. Okay.
1: I didn't I, know I, avocado I, had emotional range. of I, I, I think we 10, but
0: it's still the same today.
1: <laughs> Brandon Meebane joins us next.
2: Super Bowl champion Jennifer. Jennifer. <laughs> and Ursula Show. Good morning. Angela Poe Russell is in for Ursula and we have another guest who played for Pete Carroll when he was with the Seattle Seahawks. He is a Super Bowl champion and the anchor of that incredible defense. He joins us now. Brandon Mebane. Good morning, Bane.
3: What's going on? How y'all doing?
2: I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for being on with us. Where were you when you found out the news about Pete Carroll and what was your reaction?
3: Uh, what I was doing, I probably was playing video games. <laughs> it, it was one of those things where it was kind of like uh, you know it's going to happen eventually one day, but it's like you don't know when. And, um, you know, it was like uh, I could have went either way. I, I feel like if, if they would have made the playoffs, I probably it probably wouldn't have happened this year. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things, man. Um, he, he was at the he was coaching uh, for for the Seahawks for 14 years. That's a long time, man. That's a that's a lot of success, man. Um, yeah, it was just like wow, like it, it just it just happened, you know. But um. Yeah, he, he's definitely one of the greatest uh, coaches in NFL history and college football. Yeah, you know, in my team.
1: Do you think this was the right move for the Seahawks right now?
3: Um, I think I think it's definitely. I mean, I, I think people are looking at a like a new wave of like young coaches, like that's my age, and uh, I think a lot of people are trying to go with that type of coaches to where um, they can relate to a lot of the guys and you know, as you can see they, they you know Belichick, he also uh, parted ways with the team today and um, yeah I just think I just think the league is just going with the Sean McVeigh and the, um, you know with the coach for the 49ers you know he's going with the, the young and uh, you know innovative type of coaches and I just think that's just a trend of where everybody going I think This is my opinion. I think that when Pete Carroll uh, got the move to Seattle, I think uh, New England probably got comfortable in in letting uh, Belichick uh, release of his duties. You know, I think that kind of motivated them. Like, uh, you know, Seattle did it. Why not us? Let's do it, too. And, um, yeah, I think it's just all just to keep keep the fans live and keep them going and keep them excited about what's next and what's new. You know, because people always want to know what's next and what's new, you know, when it comes to every NFL season. Whether it's a new quarterback, a new coach, you know, fans want new something. That's just how it is. So you, talked, it. you You just talked about
2: it, and that's a very good point because you're right. It does seem like across the league, more and more coaches are around your age these days. you are talking about mid-30s yeah. and that kind of deal. It does seem that way. So when you you have played for a lot of coaches, or not position coaches, that is, so when we are listening as fans and we're like, okay, this is how the coaching was, the Belichicks, the Pete Carrolls, and this is how some of the coaching is, the more of the innovative, the more of the offense, can you kind of explain to us Is this because the game itself is changing and that's why organizations are going to get those coaches that can adapt to the game that is changing and evolving? And if it is changing, explain to us how it's changing.
3: Uh, I mean, I would say, for one, on the offensive side of the ball, where I see the game is changing, uh, teams are not not running the ball as much, right? So when when you don't run the ball as much, I, to me, you, you exploit your quarterback on a whole another level to where you put them in positions to where traditionally they wouldn't pass, and now they're passing, they're, they're throwing the ball 45, 50 times a game to where, you know, you look at a quarterback like Russell, right? Russell didn't throw the ball as much, you know, when Marshawn was back there. Marshawn had the ball. He was carrying the ball like 25, maybe 30 times a game to where that took a lot of pressure off the quarterback, right? So now, you know, you look at it, they don't even use the fullback. And, you know, if you look at the history of the game, the history of the game, every team that had a great running back all had fullbacks, right? You know, because there was a lot of times to where, you know, I could have made a play. And the first thing that, you know, the the, the fullback, he seen me or seen somebody else on the defensive line, who they hit. They hit that defensive line the first where that wasn't originally their assignment, right? So that gave the running back an extra Extra boost to write, Oh, he got that first block, so I can get I can gain at least four or five more yards, right? So the game is the game is definitely changing when it comes to the offensive side of the ball, and um, yeah, and, and I, I think I think it's kind of like shifting to where you're going to see probably like more offensive type head coaches because they're putting more of an emphasis on you know drafting the young quarterback and developing the young quarterback, and is no more of like you know, we need a quarterback and we need a full, uh, not a fullback. Well, you need a fullback, but you need a running back as we go to as well. So, we don't have to put so much pressure on these quarterbacks because these quarterbacks, man, they're getting these talented quarterbacks early in the draft. And, you know, they exploit them so much to where they don't develop. And you just throw them away. You know, you throw away good quarterbacks and they're not developing. So, just, you know, but just by throwing the ball so much. Um, yeah, that's that's a you know a little take that I
1: see. All right, so one thing I'm I'm cu- thing. curious about. Thanks for explaining that because I had no idea about that particular evolution, but it makes so much sense. But when you think about right. games evolving, industries changing, older people are capable of keeping up with that. I mean, I think when you tie not you, but when we as a culture tie innovation to your age, I don't know. It's kind of right. a slippery slope, right?
3: Um I just think I just think probably like a lot of times too like behind closed doors like you, you know you have a lot of disagreements and whether you young or old you know it don't really matter what your age it's all about your philosophy what you think and what's going um and I just think that um you know a lot of you know people in higher like or gyms and the presidents they want to keep up with the trend but my opinion is this right it don't matter how many points – well, it does matter how many points you score in a game because I believe if you score at least 28 points a game, you have a great chance of winning, right? Mm-hmm. But if you look at how teams are like – people are so impatient, right? People are so impatient, they want to score so fast. And I believe the team probably that messed – that not messed it up, that, that had everybody want to do the same office they were doing was Kansas City. Everybody not Kansas City. Everybody can't score like that. Everybody can't play football like that, right? Right. Everybody want to score so fast. They want to get on the field. They were like, yeah, we score real fast. Yeah, you can score real fast, right? But nine times out of ten, you're not going to score real fast the whole game like that, you know? Sometimes you got to take your time, you know? You got to take your time, kill the clock, win the time of possession. A lot of, you know i say probably like 95% of the time, if you win a time of possession on a, on a game, you have a great chance on winning the game. And teams are so busy on wanting to score so fast, like Kansas City and, um, and, and Philly in the Super Bowl. Huh. Philly, on paper, had a way talented more team than, than Kansas City. But the problem is, with that game, Philly tried to score so much, and then when I say this, it's going to be crazy, Billy got too many yards when they were scrambling with their quarterback. They got too many yards. And when they got too many yards, it, it was some big explosive plays. What they do, they score and they gave the ball right back to Kansas City. You wanna get Kansas City uncomfortable, you know, and that's an example. Those are just the two teams I was using. Right. But you wanna get you wanna get them out of their, you know, rhythm. You know, you don't want to keep them in rhythm.
2: Mebe, we got about we got about thirty seconds left. In thirty yeah, seconds, yeah, yeah. in thirty seconds, give us what you will take away from your playing time with Pete Carroll.
3: Uh, I would take away this. I would say he made an environment to where we was always uh, uh, battling with each other in practice, and we were what made us good. We were great communicators with each other. Um, I I think that was some of the things that, that, you know, you can't, you know, you don't get everywhere. And then another thing, too, he always communicated with us and always talked about the goals. It was like no matter what um, the situation was, we always was battling. And any game that we played in, we never thought that we couldn't win the game. We always felt like we could win the game when we were down by 21, 14, 15, whatever. We always felt like we could win love it. Brandon Meebang, Super
2: Bowl champion. Mebeang, how's that LA weather down there? Life good cuz that's where you're living these days. Everything's good down there? Uh, it's
3: uh it's about 60 degrees and and it's, and there's a lot of wind. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm happy we got the sun though.
2: <laughs> all right, there you go. Have a good one. Appreciate you coming on, brother.
3: <laughs>
2: yep, all, all right. Your text messages, your feedback, and then we'll have words to live by. Chill Slope. slip. Ursula show and I got to tell you sorry I was late coming here because during the break Angela had us holding court and she was talking and telling the
1: stories good morning Angela good morning <laughs> I, this show flew by it, 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 right how do you make work so much fun okay oh was that a was that a mean? It was a compliment oh, for you hey. and Chef. It's been a joy.
2: Should rental increases be capped at 5% in the state of Washington? Rob says, my rental prices have gone up 52% in the last five years.
1: Ah, uh, that is wrong. Okay, from 253, my father lives in assisted, independent living. In less than a year, landlords raised his rent $400. Wow. By the way, he's 96 years old. It's out of control.
2: Wow. 425 says, we don't have a lack of housing in Washington State. We have a lack of affordable housing in Washington State. New developments go up all the time. Take a look at the Central District. But what's the point of having that housing if it costs nearly $3,000 a month to rent? I know a family moving into their car with two kids because they simply cannot afford to rent an apartment anymore. I know another family who is renting a storage unit and living out of a tent. Yes, we need more shelters for the homeless, but this is something completely different. Our organization gets families into apartments after experiencing homelessness here in Seattle, but more than 80% of them find themselves homeless again within a year due to rising rent prices. Sure, the minimum wage goes up $1 per year. How does that match rent going up two to $300 per year? You know what I like about that? It's interesting because people tell me all the time that the reason for the homelessness crisis is drugs. And this person just gave us examples of the homelessness crisis,
1: and it didn't pertain to drugs. Oh, yeah, because if your rent's going up, you can't afford to pay it. You need to find a new place to live, and you got to have first month's rent, last month's rent, or all those things in some cases. 360, this idea of a cap, which is what we're talking about, will actually drive rents up. As a landlord, my property value is based on rental income. If I let my rents get below market value, I want to sell the property, I cannot raise rents to reflect its true value. Mm -hmm. So instead, I will give 5% increase every chance I get to keep the value up. There you go. All landlords do the same thing for fear of getting behind on rent values and property value.
2: Nice, nice. Raise the age of Social Security. Dan and Puyallup says, I'm 61. I think the problem is my generation was not taught well to sock money away. Way, starting when we were young.
1: Huh, David in Seattle, worker productivity continues to rise, but we never benefit from it. Now they want us to work longer. At some point, we have to get some benefit from increased productivity.
2: David, good text. Mike Micah a 360 says, I've heard the idea of wealthy people not receiving Social Security a bunch of times from a bunch of different candidates and no one ever comes through on it. And it ends up being just another empty, empty campaign promise.
1: All right, on the topic of growing, people being able to grow their own marijuana plants, having more of them, 360 says, yes, let people grow their own. People can brew their own beer and make their own wine.
2: 360 says, let's open up distilling to everyone. Alcohol has been legal much longer, and we still can't make our own liquor here.
1: Uh, Jan says, it's not cheap to grow pot, and it's difficult to finish a crop outdoors as our fall weather is damp and you get bud rot. I uh, love
2: gardening. <laughs> hey, the-
1: what? What?
2: Oh. Is being on time actually being late? Frank in a 425 says if you're not five minutes early, you're late. I always thought that it was rude and disrespectful not to be ready for whatever it is. A meeting, starting work, a class, or meeting a friend. I tried to instill this into my children. It will always work in your favor.
1: I would say just don't take it personal because there is a phenomenon called time blindness from 609. I think that's Jersey in the house. I didn't know time blindness is a thing. It now makes sense with my wife this is game changing.
2: Paul in DuPont says, Gee, the late people who try to cut the line at SCA drive me bunkers. And at least a third of the time, some fellow traveler runs up and asks if they can cut because traffic made them late. My answer is always a hard no go to the end of no, the line.
1: Oh, you don't understand.
2: When I when I want to cut in the line, I always have at least a nice little bit of cash to put in their oh, hand. You
1: cut and offer money?
2: I don't never cut, but I have. Wait, well, you've I asked. have. I have cut before. Then the last time I asked to cut was when I did not get did get to travel. Remember when the snow happened oh, yeah. and I couldn't go to my uncle's funeral? Yeah. Well, I, it was a long line to be able to ask someone. I went up and gave this young but brother a $100. You, why,
1: but why were you late?
2: because at the last minute they told me our flight was canceled and then you had to go over to the Alaska oh, desk okay. and it was already a long line. So I gave the brother a hundred. That's okay. smart. Words to live by brought to you by Wilcox Farms. Words
1: to live by. Well, you know, on this show we do a lot of truth telling. We, we open up our hearts, share our opinions, our views. So yes. this quote is inspired by that. It is only when we take chances, when our lives improve, the initial and the most difficult risk that we need to take is to become honest. Walter
0: Anderson. Brother Nick! Well, as life will teach you down the line, there's an end to every beginning. But as history's only shown us, making changes ends up winning. Although sometimes great things last much longer while seeing no end in sight. And you'll fight the urge to be turning the page, even if you really know it's right. Now, we'll see if changes that are next for the Hawks will turn out to be better than not. But a change you should dodge coming up or the car slipping on ice in your works parking lot. So fingers crossed you can travel safe for the cold weather scene ahead. And keep Carol's big three rules in mind if your car's battery winds up dead. Let's see. Negative goes to the negative, and the positive goes to the positive. Got it. Okay. We're good.
2: All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Great show today. It was a lot of fun.
1: Angela, will you be back tomorrow on Friday? I'll be back tomorrow, and um, I'm excited to be back and just to, yeah, be with you all.
2: Good. Good stuff. Chef, have a good day, brother. Thank you, sir. All right. Nick, thank you. Peace out, brother. And guess what? The Jack and Spike Show, they're going to be coming up behind us. Stay tuned. They always got something good for everyone. That's it for us. We'll see you tomorrow morning. It's Fresh Fridays tomorrow. Just a reminder for that. Appreciate you for listening. Love you for that. And as always, be kind.
3: Hope you have as much fun as we have. So long, everybody.